At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. Welcome to Lovey Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the VC family of podcasts. We've got a tremendous podcast for you. So in the second segment, we're going to be joined by Curtis Rogers. Does a great job over there at 710 Seattle Sports, the official flagship station of the Seattle Mariners, doing pre- and post-game hosting for them. We're going to be chatting with him about what to expect this weekend between the Mariners and the Angels series, but on top of that, we are going to be also diving into what we've all seen in the American League. Can anyone track down the Astros and the Yankees? We're going to be playing this weekend. And some of the surprises that we've been seeing as well in Major League Baseball thus far. So we're going to have a great chat with him. And then in the final segment, going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Friday as we touch them all. First things first, always do love to be able to answer Twitter questions on this podcast. And we've got one or two ways we all fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at gunit underscore d1. Keep in mind, letters M. They mean does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline and the other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Find that five-star review. Really did not wind up getting in any Twitter questions today, but boy, oh boy, we saw a good one out there between the two top teams in the American League. So let's recap everything that we wound up seeing on Thursday. Try to find some trends in. Try to get to know these. Seems a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. Won't be able to give you too much with regards to the Phillies versus Padres game. I'll be on the look at 1 to 4 a.m. Eastern time, Pacific time, 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. 
That said, I can tell you that Joe Musgrove is right now really a rolling as yet to give up an earned run. And so why I'm doing this as entering into Thursday, he had went at least six innings in every one of his starts, giving up two runs or fewer. In my opinion, the front runner for the NL Cy Young entering into Thursday. But with that said, we do know what wound up happening in Yankees Astros and the Yankees who were down three going into the bottom of the ninth inning. They come up with a four spot. They get it done 7-6 to six a final for Houston. All the runs came in the first three innings of this game. Alex Bregman, a home run off of Jameis Tyon, ninth of the season, and Jordan Alvarez, his 22nd. Also off of Tyon, Tyon wound up getting just smoked in this game. Six runs given up in five and two-thirds innings, but bullpen kept him live as you wind up having Miguel Castro and Albert Breu both give you a scoreless inning. Lucas Luque for outside the bullpen and for the Yankees. They got the hits when they needed them. Three of four with men in scoring position. First inning, John Carlos Stanton, 15th home run season off of Framber Valdez. And then Aaron Hicks, a three-run shot in the ninth inning off of Ryan Presley before Aaron Judge gets an RBI single to be able to win the game. As for Houston, Valdez winds up giving up three runs, all of which were on that home run over the course of six innings. Those wanted coming in the first inning. So after that, he held down the fourth. Hector Neves, Rafael Motero, both to give you a scoreless inning, but Ryan Presley who's been highly reliable out there in the bullpen, gives up four runs in the ninth inning in a third of an inning. Ryan Sanic inherited runners. He tried to hold them on, but Aaron Judge gets that single. Yankees win 7-6, and the Yankees are now 52-18. and They are on pace for a very historic season. We're going to be talking with Curtis about this team a little bit later, but the Seattle Mariners who are getting no hit until the top of the eighth inning with two outs. They wind up getting their first hit of the game. They get it done against the Oakland A's by a count of two to one. You wind up having Ty France leave this game a little bit earlier. We're going to be talking to Curtis about his status, but the Seattle Mariners, they got no hits in the ninth inning. He came up with two runs after Frankie Montas. He wound up taking a no-hitter into that eighth inning. He winds up leaving eight scoreless innings. He was terrific. And then Zach Jackson from there gives up two runs without giving up a single hit. A.J. Buck, he winds up giving you an out of the bullpen. And for the Oakland A's, the offense continues to be very, very poor. They got a run in the first inning off of Robbie Ray, and that was it. For Ray, a very good start, giving up just that one run in six innings. From there, Diego Castillo, Paul Seawald, along with Andres Munoz, I'll give you a scoreless inning as the Mariners. They wind up being able to get a sweep of the Oakland A's and their first win in which they scored two runs or fewer in a very, very long time. This had a total of 10, and they kind of got that in one-tenth of that as the Minnesota Twins, they wind up getting a 1-0 win over the Cleveland Guardians. Zach Plesak, tough luck loser, gives up a solo home run over the course of six innings. Nick, don't call him Flash Gordon. Got his second home run the campaign as from there you wound up having Anya de los Santos along Trevor Steven. Both give you a scroll of setting it for the Guardians. All of eight with men in scoring position as Devin Smeltzer wound up coming in for a good start. Six scoreless settings. Joe Smith, Yohan Duran, Caleb Theobar combined for three scoreless for the Minnesota Twins to be able to get it done. And now those two teams are tied atop of the National League Central. Out there in the other Central, you've got the Milwaukee Brewers and the St. Louis Cardinals now knotted up at the top. Six of four, the Milwaukee Brewers Able to get it done. Jason Alexander, no, not the comedian. He wound up giving up four runs in five and two thirds innings. It's been sort of comedic that they've been using him for starts and getting home run for the St. Louis Cardinals. Lars Newtbar is second home run of the season. That's just a good name in general. 
Dakota Hudson on the other side, he was worse than Mr. Alexander. He gave up five runs in four and a third innings, including a pair of bombs. As going deep for the Brewers, William Thomas, 15th home run season, and Tyrone Taylor winds up being able to get his eighth. From there, the bullpen was relatively steady. Drew Reagan does wind up giving up a run, but Junior Fernandez won a two-thirds inning, scoreless Zach Thompson, and Nick Wickren both give you a scoreless setting for the Milwaukee Brewers. Josh Hader, in his last 44 regular season appearances, he has allowed zero runs in 43 of them. He gets a scoreless setting, and he gets his 21st save of the season. Brad Boxberger, Devin Williams combined to be able to give you seven outs out of the bullpen as well. The Miami Marlins, they wind up getting a home win over the Colorado Rockies by a count of 3-2 as they wind up sweeping Colorado, who's been always a team that's had their issues with regards to offense on the road, and he left 13 men on base in this one as Kyle Freeland. Solid start here. He gives up two runs over the course of seven innings, and then Alex Colme gives up a run and an inning to take the loss for the Miami Marlins. Braxton Garrett, he gives up nine hits in four and two-thirds innings and surrenders just two runs, one of which was earned. Zach Pop gives you four outs out of the bullpen, and then Anthony Bass, Stephen Okert, Tanner Scott all give you a scoreless inning, and John Birdie now has 21 stolen bases this year. I believe that that leads the National League. So he was able to do his part. The Atlanta Braves did not do their part in being able to cover a run line for you. They were up at one point by a count of 7-1. to one. They win the game, but they win by one run, 7-6. to six. The final is Alex Wood. The Wood got laid to him. He gives up six runs in an inning, including a home run. Going deep for the Atlanta Braves was Mr. Dansby Swanson for his 11th home run season. Then Swanson goes deep off of Zach Liddell for his 12th home run season. Liddell goes three innings, giving up that one run. Jarlin Garcia and Sammy Long from there, both able to give you two scoreless innings. And for the San Francisco Giants, they had the deep shot going as well as Austin Slater was able to get his fifth home run of the season. And that was off of the starter and Kyle Wright. And then Kenley Jansen blows the run line, giving up a home run to Jock Peterson. His 16th home run season for Jansen. He gives up a run and an inning. Will Smith got jiggy with it. He gave up a run and an inning. And Jesse Chavez gives you five outs out of the bullpen without allowing a run. And for Kyle Wright, he went five and a third innings and got the win to go to eight and four. Wasn't necessarily the world's greatest performance, so gave up 10 hits, four runs, all of which were earned, including one of those home runs. The DK Nation pick of the Pittsburgh Pirates was very nearly a brutal beat, but they come back. They wind up getting an 8-7 win. Pirates, they were up by four runs going into the eighth inning. They gave up a five spot to the Cubs in that inning as the Cubs, they go 5 of 18 with men in scoring position, so they had their chances. And for Justin Steele, he had his chances to look a little bit better than what he did. Gave up a pair of bombs, giving up six runs, five of which were earned. Now, in his defense, there were four errors out there in the field in this game for the Chicago Cubs. Just comical right there, but going deep for the Pittsburgh Pirates. You had Cabrian Ace get his third home run season, then you also wind up having Brian Reynolds get his 12th a little bit later on. It would be Michael Chavis being able to get his seventh home run of the season as on the bullpen, Rowan Wick was able to give you not out of the bullpen. Chris Martin to score this inning, but David Robertson, he allows a solo run in his inning of work, and then Scott Efres in the 10th inning allows the unearned run that starts on second base to score him for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Jose Quitana, the former Cub, good start here. Two runs given up over the course of six innings. Will Crow has been sawed out there in the bullpen. One and two-thirds innings gives up four runs, all of which were earned. Yeri De Los Santos also gives up a run while getting just one out of the bullpen. But David Benar, Chris Strain, scoreless ninth and tenth innings for the Pittsburgh Pirates to get a series win over a Chicago Cubs team that has not been so great. The LA Dodgers, they wind up sweeping the Cincinnati Reds by a count of 10-5 as Hunter Green now leads the big leagues in home run surrendered as he gives up three in this one. He's now given up 20 for the campaign and for Green. 
Not a great day, giving up six runs, all of which were earned over the course of his five innings. Jeff Hoffman, he would also allow a home run. He gives up two runs in one and two-thirds innings. Art Warren gives up a solo run in his inning work. Ross Setweiler, he gets just one out of the bullpen, giving up a run in the process. Luis Sessa, Hunter Strickland, they both combined for a scoreless inning, but going deep for the LA Dodgers. Freddie Freeman, eighth home run of the season. Max Muncy get his fifth home run season. Cody Bellinger, his ninth. Will Smith, he gets jiggy with it. He's able to get his tenth. And then Trace Thompson winds up getting his first home run season. When Trace Thompson is getting home runs, you know it's not going well for you. And for Cincinnati, Tommy Pham was able to go deep off of Phil Bickford. His tenth home run of the campaign is for the Dodgers. Clayton Kershaw, very good start. He has been injured throughout much of the campaign, but still 5-1, and one, one run surrendered. In six innings, honestly, he's been better on the road than at home last few years. That's a discussion for another day, but Phil Bickford allows four runs in two-thirds of an inning, including that bomb. Yancey Almonte and David Price from there, they wind up being able to piecemeal the final seven outs of the game. You did wind up having the Baltimore Orioles go to Chicago. They wind up being able to get the job done as for the Baltimore Orioles. It was them being able to get a home run off the bat of Adelie Rushman. That one propelling them to victory as Rushman. Three RBI in his second home run season off of Johnny Cueto as Dean Kremer, who had been really, really bad throughout his career for Baltimore prior to the season. As a matter of fact, through his first 18 starts of his career, the team had been 3-15. and They're now 3-0. and in his last three starts, as he fires five and two-thirds innings scoreless. Felix Bautista, one and a third innings scoreless. And then Dylan Tate, he also lends a scoreless setting up for the Chicago White Sox. Johnny Cueto winds up giving up those three runs to Adelie Rushman in five and a third innings. Before Ronaldo Lopez was able to give you one and two-thirds innings scoreless. Jose Ruiz was able to give you a scoreless setting. And then Jimmy Lambert, he winds up coming in for the ninth inning as well. And... Just taking a look at what we're getting in Major League Baseball right now. It has been intriguing to see how the underdogs have been able to do because it's been a case in which I think that we've seen more larger underdogs of plus 150 or greater hit more than the smaller ones as overall for the season underdogs, they're hitting just 39.5%. Favorites are 628 and 410 straight up with a few games from Thursday pending. But with those favorites, even though they have won so many games straight up, they haven't necessarily been able to do the world's greatest job on the run line as out of the 628 straight-up winners, just 464 have been able to cover the run line. And home favorites, they overall this season are sitting at 390 and 263, which is actually worse than road favorites. And with home favorites, 120 have won by approximately one run. And you take a look at the last 30 days in Major League Baseball, we've been seeing a little bit of an uptick with regards to the overs. Touring three overs, 188 unders, and to my point on underdogs not having a great go of it, hitting at about 38.5% over the last 30 days as favorites in that time span 251 and 158 and for the season. And right now we're getting to a point in which overs and unders are getting pretty close to even. 505 unders to 481 overs. That is a 51.2% clip to the under. Keep in mind, this underclip at one point was at 60% about three weeks through the season. So that's what we're seeing in Major League Baseball right now, and that's what we wound up seeing on Thursday. Coming up next, we're going to be talking to Curtis Rogers of 710 Seattle Sports, Seattle Mariners pre- and post-game most about that Seattle Mariners team. What has all been hurting their offense? We're going to be taking a look at the American League as a whole and also his surprise teams from the beginning part of the season. That's up next right here on the Baseball Running Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. 
at Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? 
I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard. He don't care about guarding. He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of that, like that, see that, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because he didn't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. We're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast, and it is great to be joined by our guest as this man does a great job doing the Seattle Mariners pre- and post-game show over there at Seattle Sports, the official flagship station of the Seattle Mariners. And this man is completely tied in to the game of baseball. On top of that, he does their extra innings show. So whenever the Mariners have a day off, this man stays restless, always doing a great job with that show. He also does the Seattle Sports Saints, Seattle Sports Saturday podcast as well. So 
This is a man that stays very busy as we do have Curtis Rogers joining me on the podcast. You're able to follow him on Twitter at a kid from Kent all together. And Curtis, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Greg, always a pleasure to join you on this podcast. I always look forward to our conversations and we're starting to see a lot of movement in the standings in baseball. And look, we're just less than a month away now, I think, from the MLB All-Star Game. So we're nearing the season's first half end and exciting stuff going on in baseball right now. Yep, it certainly has been interesting. And just taking a look at the American League in general, I just have not seen anything like what we've seen out of the New York Yankees going into what they did on Thursday. 51 wins to begin the season now. Had a little bit of a tough go of it against the Houston Astros, but I just take a look at the Astros and the Yankees. The two teams are going to be doing battle this weekend, and I think that you're looking at the very clear number one in the American League, the very clear number two in the American League, and then everyone else, I feel like they're just fighting for the scraps because these two teams, I just feel like, are head and shoulders, the top two teams out there in that league. It is those two teams and a bunch of every other team going on right now in the American League. It is the Astros and the Yankees. How fortuitous that they're meeting right now this week. And look, hopefully there are other teams that can kind of jockey their way into the top of the American League. I do look at a couple teams right now as potentially getting there. I think Boston is a team to keep an eye out on. I still believe in Toronto, even though they have not sort of ran away with things as I thought they were going to. And, you know, Tampa Bay's been able to withstand a lot of injuries this year, too. And they're still, you know, in shouting distance. I look at the American League Central right now. The Twins are starting to fall back towards the pace, and Cleveland is starting to rise up, which is interesting considering, you know, all Cleveland has gone through over the last few years where they've kind of torn it down a little bit. But look, Jose Ramirez has been maybe the MVP of the American League. If not, it's Aaron Judd. And just look at a couple of those teams right now. I think the Red Sox, to me, represent the best opportunity for one of these teams to kind of join that fray with the Astros and the Yankees. Certainly is going to be interesting to see if anyone is able to rise up. And to your point, the Cleveland Guardians, they've been able to play some amazing baseball as well. And out there in Seattle, I don't know if I can quite use the word amazing. I know that the fan base out there in your neck of the woods is getting very restless because the last time the Mariners wound up making the playoffs, I was eight years old. Ichiro Suzuki was a rookie, and it has not been going great. I will say they were able to pick up a sweep of the Oakland A's thanks to a ninth inning in which they did not wind up putting a single ball in play against the Oakland A's. But, man, take me through what's all happened with Seattle this year and just how badly it speaks to the Oakland A's that they wound up getting swept in these last three games as well. Yeah, the Mariners have definitely fallen short of expectations. I don't think there's any denying that. Their offense, uh, when they are not scoring runs, they are one of the worst in the game. You look at all their losses, it is games in which they're scoring no runs, one run, two runs. It was their first win in which they scored less than three runs. Boy, since I believe May 13th, which was a 2-1 to one win over the Mets, by sweeping the A's on Thursday... It was their first three-game win streak since winning four in a row back on April 22nd through the 26th. So it has been some dry, dry spells out here in the Northwest in terms of stacking wins. Now the Mariners, they are 32-39, and 39, still kind of hovering around 500 right now. It will be interesting to see how they approach the trade deadline. Obviously, they're going to have to make up a lot of ground over the next month in order to kind of be in a position to buy at the deadline. Jerry DePoto today kind of said he's really just kind of in talent acquisition mode, whether that is by buying or selling. The Mariners do have some intriguing pieces to potentially move if they do 
find themselves as sellers. I think Paul Seawald is at the top of that list, a really good reliever who had a career year last season. If Mitch Haniger can come back healthy, potentially there's a spot for him at the trade deadline too. So Mariners still have some intrigue, even though right now, I mean, in the American League West, it is the Astros running away with things. I don't think anybody's going to catch them at all. And this Mariners team dealing with the potential loss of Ty France, who has been incredible, swinging the bat to start the year. He left Thursday's game with an injury to his left arm, which is not his throwing arm. So there's a potential that he could miss some time. It looks like he is for sure going to miss Friday's game as he's going to undergo an MRI to see what's going on with that. He got into a collision with Oakland third baseman Sheldon Noisy. There's some concern there that he could miss some extended time and if he does miss some extended time I think you can kind of put a fork in the Mariners chances of getting back into contention yeah that would be really rough as Curtis Rogers does a great job over there at 710 Seattle Sports doing pre and post game work for the Mariners joining me on the podcast and you laid it out the fact that the Mariners haven't been able to generate runs what do you think has been the main issue with this because I take a look at this Mariners offense and last year they were ironically one of the worst teams in the league in terms of batting average, and yet they were able to get to right around 90 wins. This year they've been a little bit better with batting average. Guys like J.P. Crawford, who you mentioned, Ty France, if he's out for a while, that's going to be a big loss. Even Taylor Trammell, young guy that's come up, Julio Rodriguez, these are guys that are able to move the line. The home run power has not necessarily been prevalent with this team, but what has really, in your opinion, contributed to the Mariners not being so stout on offense recently because I mean I take a look at the team this year and they feel better on offense this year than they were last year yeah I think the sum of their parts is not equal to what they have and and I look at guys who they acquired this last offseason and kind of had a, a lot of expectations for Jesse Winker whose batting average is under 220 right now I think it's 219 he did hit two home runs in the series against the Oakland A's so maybe that power bat is starting to show up he's got six home runs on the year but I mean that's a far cry from where he was last year starting the all-star game for the National League he was third in votes in the National League last year so he had an incredible first half of the season not so much this year and then Adam Frazier another guy who came over this offseason in a trade with the Padres last year played really well for the Pirates then was dealt to San Diego and fell back down to earth the Mariners are getting that version of Adam Frazier not the one that played for the Pirates a year ago him and Winker right now they have not lived up to expectations you've got Jared Kelnick who had another just horrendous start to the season Mitch Haniger has missed a lot of time. I believe he's only played in about nine games this year. That's not going to help you if you're looking to make the playoffs this season. So a combination of injuries and just guys who they were relying on not delivering, that has been a big, big hindrance to the Mariners' hopes of contention here in 2022. And it sounds just like the team that they're going to be playing against for this weekend as well because they're going to be playing against the LA Angels and Boy, oh boy, the LA Angels were looking at some guys that they thought they were going to be able to rise up, help out the bullpen, which has always been the main issue of the LA Angels. And I just take a look at the West in general, and it feels like it's a bunch of misfit toys right now because you've got the Rangers, the Angels, and the Seattle Mariners all between 10 and 12 and a half games back of the Houston Astros trying to be able to find themselves in playoff contention, and to the credit of the Texas Rangers, they wound up getting a couple wins against Philadelphia Phillies. Things look to be getting a little bit more online for them, but as we know, the Angels at one point this year, they were a double-digit amount of games 
above 500. They were able to win their last game against the Kansas City Royals, but the team that the Seattle Mariners are going to be facing off against, I recognize that the Angels won that series in Seattle, but I do think that Seattle is catching this Angels team at a good time, especially with the pitching in general just being a complete and utter mess. Yeah, it will be a fun series to watch, especially I think it'll be a lot more competitive than it was up in Seattle over the last week when the Angels took four of five from the Mariners, an Angels team that hadn't won a road game in about a month's worth of time. But this Angels team, since returning to L.A., has continued to struggle. We saw them drop two of three from Kansas City, including a game in which Shohei Otani drove in eight runs and it was the first time a Major League Baseball team had ever led in the game in which somebody drove in eight runs, which is just one of the crazier stats, but also kind of speaks to Shohei Otani's entire tenure with the Angels, where it feels like he's doing something historic every single night, and yet the Angels somehow can't get over 500. And look, for the Mariners, they will have a good opportunity going into this series. They won't face Otani at all. They do face Sandoval in Game 2 of the three-game series, which should make for an interesting pitching matchup, especially going up against Logan Gilbert. That's a really fun one to watch. Gilbert has been incredible. It looks like he could be an all-star this season. I think the Mariners are are going to compete a little bit better than what they did uh, against the Angels last week. I still think the Angels are the better team on paper right now, even though they have been one of the coldest teams imaginable over the last month and a half. I think right now I would go with them, especially because the Mariners don't really know what's going on with Ty France. It could be just a matter of a day or two that he misses. I would lean towards France missing the majority of this series if not all of it, just based off the severity of what we saw. I mean, he was down for about five to ten minutes. It looked really, it looked worse than I think it's sounding. I know x-rays were negative following the game. Hopefully, he'll be back sooner rather than later. Simply because of that, I think the Angels have the advantage going into this weekend. And his main understudy is Dylan Moore, who's currently hitting a buck seventy-six this season and averaging a home run every about... 25 or so at bat, so that's not necessarily great for the Seattle Mariners. As you're me on the podcast, we do have Curtis Rogers of Subgen Seattle Sports. And Curtis, when you just take a look at the MLB landscape this season, what do you think has been the biggest surprise to you, either to the positive or the negative? Because I think that it's very fair to say the Angels getting to a record in which they were 10 games above 500 to now being below 500 due to that massive losing streak. That certainly qualifies right there. But has there been a team in general that you look at them and you had either much higher or much lower expectations to them to this point? There are a couple out there. I look at the American League Central. Let's start there uh, with two teams that have losing records right now. The White Sox, I had them as a playoff team. In fact, I had them as a potential American League champion. They're a game below 500 at 33 and 34. And then also the Detroit Tigers, who have been horrendous. 2.2 runs per game on the road. <laughs> They're 8 and 21 on the road. They've only scored 198 runs total on the year. They were kind of in the same boat as the Mariners, where they had this wave of young talent coming up. Casey Mize, I believe, is undergoing Tommy John surgery. They've brought up Riley Green. Spencer Torkelson is up. Matt Manning has been up. I mean, you've got all these top prospects, guys who were blue chip prospects, and 
You know, they're struggling out of the box. Javi Baez has been terrible with them. You wonder if the Tigers are going to hit the reset button on this rebuild, which, I mean, you feel for Tigers fans who have watched a lot of uncompetitive baseball over the last, you know, decade or so. Just to see them have as terrible a season as they've had, a 100-loss potential season, I mean, that is not going to be something that sits well. And I was one that thought when they hired A.J. Hinch as their manager, that was going to really sort of wake things up for them as a franchise and and put them on the right path but look as we've seen this year Joe Girardi fired in Philadelphia Joe Madden fired with the Angels it really doesn't matter what your pedigree is you're only as good as the players you've got and right now the Tigers they don't have many good players so AJ Hinch is only as good as those players can be yep and the Tigers right now 39 home runs this season Aaron Judge along with Anthony Rizzo, I believe, have a combined 46 as their game on Thursday is going along. So two men on the Yankees have more home runs in the entirety of the Detroit Tigers. I do totally agree with you there. And, Curtis, if you were high on the Tigers coming into the year, have no fear because there are a lot of people out here in lovely Las Vegas that thought that this was going to be the year that the Tigers bust out, wind up finishing with a record above 500. It has not wound up happening for them. But with that said, we're going to see what winds ball happening with that American League in general. And Curtis, I know you're going to be following it every single step of the way. You do a great job over there at 710 Seattle Sports. You do Mariners pre- and post-game hosting. And it's going to be very fascinating to take a look at what winds up happening with that American League wildcard chase. Hopefully, you'll be able to cover that towards the back half of the season. And I also know that you do an extra inning show for the Seattle Mariners on off days as well. So love to give people at home know what you've all got going on and how people can get all of your work on social media and other platforms. Yeah, we're busy this time of year, that's for sure. Extra innings airs every Mariners off day. I believe the next one will be July 5th, so we're about a week and a half away from that. And then like Greg said, you can catch those podcasts wherever it is you download podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. Follow on Twitter, add a kid from Kent, same as Instagram. And Greg, always, 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 I say it always, but I really mean it always. Look forward to our conversations whenever we get to talk baseball this time of year. Same year, and you just mentioned it with the next extra Eddie show being like the first week of July. Man, the Mariners are going a lot of games without a day off. Boy, <laughs> I mean, how many how many days is that? Is that like twenty one straight days that the Mariners are going to be playing a baseball game? Something like that. And then they had a stretch Jeez. earlier this season where they went about three weeks without a day off. They they are getting these games in. Uh, as quickly as possible. So it's not as frequent as as maybe other teams out there, but the Mariners are definitely one of the busier teams in baseball when it comes to their schedule. I just did the math in my head. 16 straight days in which the Mariners are going to be without an off day. So (laughs) they are putting in that work. Not as much work as Curtis Rogers, but they're getting pretty darn close at this point. And Curtis does absolutely amazing work over there at 17 Seattle Sports. Always a wealth of knowledge when he joins this podcast and delivered the goods once again. So big thanks to him for joining me right here on the Baseball Bidding Show, now part of the Decent Family Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time podcast to give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Friday as we touch them all. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. 
Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
breaking down every game every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. It is always a pleasure to get our good friend Curtis Rogers of Seattle Sports Radio. He does a great job doing Seattle Mariners pre- and post-game work, and every time he joins this podcast, he always delivers goods just like he did today. It's going to be interesting to see if the Mariners get back online and the American League in general. Going to be a lot of fun, and Curtis is going to be there covering it every step of the way. So, big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast. They give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Friday as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at unit underscore 81. We are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation, or this is where we wind up going with the National League games first, then the American League games, and any interleague games. Those are going to be at the bottom, so that'll keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy there, and we are going to be beginning with that first Ashley game of 951-952 on the betting board. The New York Metropolitans at the road faceoff against the Miami Marlins as one Sandy Alcantara is going to be going for the Marlins. And you've got Taiwan Walker on the bump for the Mets. The Mets are friend themselves anywhere between plus 110 and plus 116 underdogs. Meanwhile, with Miami, it's anywhere between minus 122 and minus 130. Seven is your total. Over is anywhere between minus 120 and minus 125. Under is anywhere between even and plus 105. And I'm going to be taking a look at Alcantara and company. It's been an incredibly impressive year for him, and even though he hasn't had a lot of offensive run support, I was willing to make him a minus 136, and despite the fact that the Miami Marlins have not been able to put up a lot of runs for Mr. Alcantara, the team is still 5-1 in his last six starts, and for Alcantara, it has been amazing. He has won at least seven innings in each out of his last six starts. He has given up a combined five earned runs in his last five starts. Actually, five earned runs in his last six starts. He wanted giving up a few unearned runs in that six start. So he has been just amazing this season. You take a look at what he's doing overall. Buck 72 ERA. He's given up four home runs in 99 and a third innings, including two in 53 innings at home with a buck 36 ERA in Miami. And for Tywon Walker, He's having himself a relatively solid season. Sub-3 ERA on the road. It's a 3-11 and 7 starts. He's given up 3 home runs overall over the course of 59 and a third inning. Swing and miss stuff hasn't been terrific. He's getting right in the neighborhood about 6 after 7 strikeouts per 9 innings. But still, still on a nice job of being able to hold down the fort. Now, you do have a couple guys that are currently dealing with injury for this team. As Jeff McNeil, who's hitting a little bit above 300. But you've got Sterling Marte, who was one of the best base healers in the big leagues last year. He's been able to hit right in the pocket of about a 280. Eduardo Escobar has had a little bit of a downer of a year, but he wound up hitting for that cycle about two weeks ago. And then you've got Pete Alonso, 20 home runs thus far this season. And then on the flip side for the Miami Marlins, it's been tough with the bats, but Chaz Chislam, he's been able to hit about a 250, 14 home runs for him. Garrett Cooper's hitting above a 300. Just been a case where the guys that you'd expect to be really solid for this team have not been able to step up as you've had Asu Sanchez, Ore Soler, Jacob Stallings, Brian De La Cruz, all these guys hit a 225 or lower. Miguel Rojas is starting to pick it up a little bit though, and Asu Aguirre, he's back off the injured list as well. 
The one role that I say you wind up having with the Miami Marlins is that this bullpen has been terrible recently. We've got north of a 5 ERA over the last three days. As guys like Dylan Floral, Richard Blyer have not been able to do a solid job. Anthony Bass has been good. He's got a sub-2 ERA in them with the New York Mets. It's a top-12-ish bullpen. You've been able to get some good innings out of Drew Smith. Jason Shreve has been up and down this season. Joey Rodriguez, he's posting up right around a 475 ERA. Been a little bit of a tough season for Seth Lugo thus far. He's going to be unavailable for this game as he's dealing with an injury as well. But you got to feel like Sandy Alcantara going to be able to go 7-plus innings just like he's been going the last month plus. That'll take a lot of the bullpen out of the equation for the Miami Marlins. And Tywin Walker is doing a good job of being able to keep the ball in the air, but I think that he'll make one more mistake. Then Alcantara, I think that this is going to be a low-scoring game. I wound up setting my total, as a matter of fact, at a 6.4. So if you're at a 7 to a 7.5, I'm seeing one straight 7.5. I'm going to be taking a look at an under as Miami won't lay up to minus 136 with them. 953-954 on the banging board. The LA Dodgers set their face off against the Atlanta Braves. Ian Anderson is going to be going for the Bravos. And one Julio Arias is going to be on the bump for the Dodgers. Your total on this game is 9 overs minus 120. The under is even with the Dodgers. You're finding them between minus 114 and minus 120. Meanwhile, with Atlanta, it's anywhere between even money and plus 110. Was blown away up to a minus 135. With the Dodgers, Julio Rios, out of his 20 wins from last season, which led the league, 13 of them wanted coming on the road. And I don't know how, I don't know why, but Julio Rios, over the last two seasons, has a better road area than a home area. 250 road area thus far this season compared to a 262 at home, giving a fewer home runs per nine innings on the road. Overall, opponents earning a 212 off of them. The walks per nine rate. Hovering in that neighborhood about 2.1 to 2.2 has been rock solid then for Ian Anderson. He's been giving up the walks as he's given up right around 4.2 walks per nine innings. You take a look at the ERA and just hasn't really been impressive for him. 435 ERA at home. He's been significantly worse as well. 584 home ERA to a 335 road ERA giving up nearly double the amount of home runs per nine innings at home. Eight overall over the course of 70 and a third innings at butt. Just not getting the swing and misses like he did in past seasons as well. Right around seven strikeouts per nine innings with this Atlanta Braves team. They really had to use up a lot of their bullpen during that series against the San Francisco Giants. So that is going to be an issue for them. Kenley Jansen wanted to gain use up yesterday. A.J. Minter has been getting trotted out there time and time again. He's got a sub-2 ERA. Jackson Stevens has been starting to regress a little bit as well. Darren O'Day, Will Smith are a little bit of a roll of the dice. So you need Stevens to be solid. And he's got a 652 ERA over the last three days. And for the Dodgers, it's been... The less heralded guys that have been able to step up for the team, Yancey Almonte as a sub to ERA. Evan Phillips right around to Alex Vesia, 3.30 ERA. Meanwhile, Craig Kimbrell, Brasier to Gradrell, both of these guys north of a 3.75. They get Phil Bickford back and should be able to help him out as he's been a little bit off this season. But I think that coming off the injured list, that is going to be able to help him out. And for the LA Dodgers, the offense it continues to be relatively solid, even with the struggles of Justin Turner and Cody Bellinger. A pair of guys hanging at 220 or lower for this team, but you've got Chris Taylor. He's got right around 330 on base. Gavin Lux, he's been able to hit 285. Freddie Freeman, he was able to go deep yesterday. He's starting to get the power going as he, Trey Turner, both hitting above 300, having Buki bets. That winds burning him for the Atlanta race. They've been dealing with a couple of ailments of their own. They wound up having Austin Riley up for one of those games in the San Francisco Giants series. Got to figure that he's going to be good to go in this one, though. Someone who's been able to supply 18 home runs thus far this season, Dansby Swanson. He's up to 12 bombs, hitting a 300. He has been incredibly terrific for this team. Travis Arrow, no double-digit amount of bombs. He, William Contreras, 
Nothing between a 265 to a 275. Matt Olson hasn't been able to give you a lot of homers, but he does have a 350-ish on base. Bottom of the full, Michael Harris along with Orlando Arcia. These guys are both hitting above a 325 as well. So I do take a look at this spot, and I do think that you're going to get some relatively solid scoring, but I do think that the Dodgers bullpen going to come in and do their job, and I like the way that Uli Rios has been able to pitch on the road. Semi-total at 8.7, looking under and looking at the Dodgers bowling the way up to a minus 135. 9.55, 9.56 on the bang board. The Chicago Cubs hit the road faceoff against the St. Louis Cardinals. Andre Pellanti is going to be going for the guards, and the professor, Kyle Hendricks, is on the bump for the Cubs, and the Cubs are finding themselves shocker in underdog. Any between plus 140 and plus 142. Meanwhile, Take a look at St. Louis. It's saying between minus 152 and minus 165. 8.5 to 9 is your total. On the 9, the over and the under are both at minus 110. On the 8.5, over is minus 120, and the under is even. And with the St. Louis Cardinals, I set them as a pretty hefty favorite. So you take a look at the run line. That is currently at a plus 125. And I'm look to bypass the money line, and we're going to look to the run line. I was willing to lay up to about a minus 105 on the run line. Wound up setting this more around a minus 185 money line. So... I am all aboard the St. Louis Cardinals. This is a Cubs bullpen that over the last three days has north of a 650 ERA. These guys have been absolutely terrible, and they wound up getting used up in that series against the poopy Pittsburgh Pirates. As I mean, Rowan Wick is going to be available, but over the last three days, he's got north of a 5 ERA. Scott Efforts got used up yesterday. David Robertson has really been your lone trustworthy guy in the bullpen recently. It's Michael Givens. He's given some back with regards to his ERA. Now, I will say with this, with the Chicago Cubs, you do have guys that are able to get on base for the CMS. Christopher Morell has been able to hit right around a 260. Wilson Contreras along with Patrick Wisdom. Both of these guys have been able to give you 12 and 13 home runs with Contreras being able to have right around a 265 batting average. Nico Horner, Ian App, along with Rafael Ortega and PJ Higgins, all in between about a 270 to a 290. So you got guys that will be able to find a way to be able to get on bottom of the lineup has been a little bit rough, but by and large, the offense hasn't been too bad for the Chicago Cubs team. It's that you're getting no pitching whatsoever. And for Kyle Hendricks throughout his career, he's got an ERA that's nearly a point lower at home than it is on the road. And thus far this season, 581 road ERA, five home runs surrendered in 26 and a third innings. His walks per nine rate has not necessarily been where you'd want it to be, right around 2.7 to 2.8 walks per nine innings when you're getting right around six strikeouts per nine innings. That is an issue. And then when you take a look at Andre Pallanti on the other side, he's only made three starts, but as a long reliever, he's typically going two-plus innings, and he has been incredibly impressive no matter what his role has been. Now, he needs to lower the walks as well. Right around 3.9 walks per nine innings. His strikeouts per nine rate that hovers right around a 6, 6.1, but has been doing a very good job of being able to keep guys off guard. His opponents are hitting right around a 245 off of him, and as a matter of fact, he's been better on the road than he has been at home as he's posted up right around 205 home ERA, puck 31 road ERA. I do expect there to be a regression with him, but he's also backed up by a lineup that is incredibly lethal as Paul Goldschmidt. 17 bombs at a 340 batting average. He has been able to really do it for this team. Brendan Donovan has been hitting well above a 300 as well. And then you take a look at Nolan Arenado, Nolan Gorman, Juan Yepes, Tommy Edmond, all in between a 275 to 281 with Arenado being able to provide 14 home runs. Dylan Carlson since he came off the injured list 
has been solid. You've got Edmund along with Harrison Bader combining for over 30 stolen bases, and the Cardinals back him up with a relatively solid bullpen. If Polanti does wind up seeing that regression, you got someone in Genesis Cabrera who's able to give you multiple innings. Ryan Elsley has given up one earned run all season long. The veterans like Nick Whitgren, like a TJ McFarland who's currently banged up, these guys have not been solid, but young guys have been able to come in. They've been able to do their job. This is a game which I do think that the professor is once again going to have his road struggle, so I'm going to be taking a look at the Cardinals on the run line. And when it comes to this total, set it at an 8.6. I do think that St. Louis totals are starting to get hiked up a little bit more because nearly 60% of home games for St. Louis have gone over the total. And even if Palanti does experience a regression that I think is coming from, I do think that the bullpen is going to be able to do enough to be able to keep this total under. So I'm looking at the under, and I'm looking at the Cardinals on the run line. 9.57, 9.58 on the bang board. Philadelphia Phillies at the red face off against the San Diego Padres. Says Aaron Supernola is going to look to be super for the Philadelphia Phillies, and Mackenzie Gore is on the bump for the Padres. The Padres are finding themselves as a very slight underdog in this spot. Anywhere between even money and plus 109. Meanwhile, for the Philadelphia Phillies, anywhere between minus 113 and minus 120 is your price. 7 is the total. Over is minus 115, and the under is minus 105. And when it comes to this Padres team, I was willing to take anything of a plus 102 or greater, so pretty much any plus price was willing to take a shot on the Padres, and we are certainly seeing that. When it comes to Mackenzie Gore, he's really regressed recently, and he saw a little bit of a drop in velocity in his life. He starts against the Colorado Rockies now. It starts not against the Colorado Rockies. He's got a sub-2 ERA, but as last year starts against Colorado, not great. It combined 14 runs surrendered in six and a third innings, and especially when you wind up facing off against Colorado Rockies, when the Rockies are not at home, they are not necessarily a team that goes out there and they're able to mash in. I think that negative regression is starting to work against him as he allowed three home runs in his last start prior to that start. He had went over 50 innings, giving up just one home run. I think that it might be a little bit of a sign of things to come now. He's a phenom. I think that he's going to be a future stud, and he is getting over 10 strikeouts per nine innings. But with that said, it is going to be interesting to gauge him moving forward. But he's also going up against a guy in Aaron Nola, who has always been a better home pitcher than road pitcher aside from this year. 225 road ERA, 410 home ERA. Throughout his career, his ERA is nearly a point higher on the road than at home. So it's going to be interesting to see if it's just a case of which Mackenzie Gore is bad just against the Colorado Rockies or if he's really regressed. And for Aaron Nola, if the road struggles are really gone or if it's just been a case of a small sample size as he's actually allowing opponents at a buck 80 off of him at home compared to a 227 on the road, but he's been giving up fewer home runs on the road. Now he is going to be going to Petco, which that does wind up helping him out, but also with the Philadelphia Phillies. What works against them is that they just don't have a great bullpen. Jersey Familia, Spanish for blown save, north of a 5 ERA. Brett and Corey Cadable, you're able to depend on them, but Nick Nelson, he's been posting up north of a 4 ERA. Jose Alvarado has been a hot mess, and for the San Diego Padres, it's not like this bullpen has not necessarily been too terrific because you do have Tim Hill. He's giving you right around a 5-ish ERA, but about Chrisman, when needed, he's able to give you multiple innings of relief. Taylor Rogers has been able to do a nice job of being able to close out games, and even without Manny Machado, it's been a Padres team that has been able to find a way as the ancillary guys have been able to step up, find a way to be able to get on base. Jorge Alfaro, Eric Hosmer, both of these guys hitting north of a 275. Jose Azucar 
to be able to give you right around at 270-ish. Now, you need more from guys like C.J. Abrams, Sergio Alcantara, Trent Grisham, guys like this, but starting to come into line for the team, especially Tricks and Profar, being able to get on base for the Philadelphia Phillies. Bryce Harper is back in full. 15 bombs, hitting at 325 is amazing. And for Kyle Schwarber, only hitting at 215, but right around a 340 on base, 19 home runs. Bottom of the lineup sometimes leaves a little bit of something to be desired. Odubo Herrera, JT Rimuto, Nick Cassianos, in between about a 235 to a 245. And he's been okay. Didi Gregorius has been able to find a way to get on base along with Alec Bohm, but I do have some trepidations when it comes to that Philadelphia Phillies bullpen. I do think that this is also going to be a case in which Aaron Nola is going to start to live up to more of his career stats on the road. I do think that Mackenzie Gore started to get figured out a little bit more, but with that said, being able to get a plus price here with the San Diego Padres, that does appeal to me. I do think that there's going to be a little bit of a bounce back here for Mackenzie Gore. I'm going to be willing to take the plus price here with the Padres. Do wind up saying my total 7.3 as well, so looking over and looking pods. I'm 59.960 on the main board. The Cincinnati Reds, yes, we are on the Cincinnati, and they're onto the road. Face off against the Giants as Alex Cobb is going to be on the bump for the Giants, and Graham Ashcraft is going to be on the bump for Cincinnati. The Reds find themselves at 14 plus 170 and plus 175 underdogs between minus 190 and minus $2 is your price on San Francisco. Total, this is any between 8 and 8.5. On the 8.5, under is minus 115, and the over is minus 105. On the 8, the over is minus 115, and the under is minus 105. Did wind up saying my total at an 8.2. Currently, all I've got access to is an 8, and I would personally rather have an 8 over rather than an 8.5 under. So that's where I'm looking in this spot, because with Alex Cobb, is he doing for some positive progression? Yes, you take a look at the ERA, it's a 562. His fielding independent is below three. He's been incredibly unlucky on balls in play. He's getting over 10 strikeouts per nine innings. His home runs per nine rate, barely above one. And for Graham Ashcraft, this is someone that I think is bound to give up a little bit more hard contact in general because he's getting a little bit over five strikeouts per nine innings. He's given up just three home runs over the course of 33 and a third innings. And opponents overall, they're hitting right around about a 250-ish off of them. Officially, it's a 241, but he's been struggling on the road. Six ERA and his two road starts, relatively small sample size, but certainly has not been the same as when he's wanted pitching at Great American Ballpark. This is also a Reds team that they just don't have the same offense on the road that they do at home. At home, they're hitting above a 260 as a collective. They've really been one of the most lethal offenses at home thus far this season. On the road, they are hitting a 213 as a collective, and they're getting right around about 0.6.7 home runs per game as they've got 22 home runs in 34 road games thus far this season. Brendan Drury is the only person that has more than four home runs on the road this season as he's got six bombs, only hitting at 212 though at home. Brendan Drury hitting north of a 300. That is a big issue for the team. And Kyle Farmer, really the only guy with more than 20 at bats, hitting above a 242 for the team on the road. Tommy Pham has been able to find a way to be able to get on base overall this season. He's hitting at 253, but once again, 237 on the road. Joey Votto since coming off of the COVID IL has been better as well. But with San Francisco, very much a pitcher friendly ballpark. And despite that, they are getting right around five runs per game at home. And this despite the fact that they've only got one guy who's been able to give them a double-digit amount of homers. That'd be Jack Peterson, who has been incredible. He has been able to lend the team 16 home runs as he, and then you're able to throw in there a couple other guys in awesome wins. Tommy Lucella, Thario Estrada, Austin Slater, Arling between about a 260 to 271. Luis Gonzalez, he's been able to throw in our furthest bunch as well. Mike Ustromsky has seen a little bit of a dip in his batting average. He, Wilmer Flores, in between about a 242 to 250, but 355 on base. 
The Giants bullpen does need to give you a little bit of pause. Camilio Duvall has been used up a lot recently. Jarlin Garcia has a sub-2 ERA, but he's been used a little bit more as a long guy. You did wind up having to use up the other long guy, Sam Long, yesterday. As well as Zach Fidel, Dominique Leon, they've been a little bit up and down. But then, take a look at the Cincinnati Reds and out of 30 big league teams. They currently rank 30th. In terms of bullpen ERA, Alexis Diaz is currently dealing with a little bit of an injury. And then you take a look past that. Jeff Hoffman is starting to regress. He's got north of a 3 ERA. Joel Kuno, Hunter Strickland, Tony Santian, Luis Sessa, all these guys have north of a 5 ERA. So, that's been unsightly bad. So, that is why I would rather have an 8 over rather than an 8.5 under. And when it comes to the money line with the Giants, I was willing to set them at a minus 215. If you're looking at the run line, in this spot, you're finding it anywhere between even money and plus 105. When it came to the Giants run line, I was willing to lay up to a minus 115 here because I do think that the Reds, with that bad bullpen, they are prone to giving up quite a few runs to allow the Giants to win by multiple runs. So I'm looking to reduce the juice. I'm going to be looking at the Giants on the run line, and I'm going to be looking at an 8 over. 961-962 on the betting board. The New York Yankees, they're going to be playing OC Houston Astros. Justin Verlander is going to be on the bump for the Strohs. And Luis Severino is going to be on the bump for the Yankees. The Yankees find themselves a slight home favorite. Any 14 minus 113 to minus 120 between even money and plus 108 is your price on the Astros. 7.5 is your total. Over is any 14 minus 110 to minus 115. The under is any 14 minus 105 to minus 110. And when it comes to Verlander, set him at a plus 127. Got off to a really nice start to the season. Did wind up having a rough go of it. Last time out against the Chicago White Sox, but I do think that that could be a little bit of a sign of things to come. Take a look at what Justin Verlander wanted to face towards the beginning part of the season, and it was a lot of bad teams. He wanted facing off against the Seattle Mariners four times. He did wind up having a tough go of it against the Toronto Blue Jays as well. That was really his worst start of the season prior to that start against the Chicago White Sox. Also had one bad one against the Seattle Mariners, but I mean, when you face off against the Texas Rangers, Washington Nationals, Oakland A's a lot, it's easy for your ERA to look impressive, and I still think that it is amazing what Justin Verlander is doing at his advanced age, but I do think that now the competition is getting a little bit tougher. It is going to wind up wearing on him a little bit now. Command has been terrific. 1.7 walks per nine innings, right around 1.1 home runs per nine opponents earning a buck 95 off of him, and he's got a better roadie area than a home area. 215 roadie area, 248 home area, but I do think that that's going to climb a little bit in this spot now. What else helps him out? Number one bullpen ERA in the big leagues, packing him up as Brian Abreu has been able to do a nice job. Brian Sanek has a sub one ERA. Rafael Montero right around two ish ERA. But then you take a look at Luis Severino. This guy has been able to do a very solid job at Yankee Stadium in seven starts, 233 ERA, four home runs allowed in 38 and two thirds innings. His strikeouts per nine rate. Overall, the season has been hovering right in the neighborhood about 11 opponents staring at 210 off of them, and the Yankees back him up with a top three bullpen in the big leagues as you've been able to have Clay Holmes post up a sub-1 ERA. Wandy Peralta's had a little bit of a rough go of it in recent games, but he and Michael King both posting up a sub-260 ERA. You've been able to get some good production out of Ray Maranaccio. That has been good to see. And then for the Houston Astros, you still have the boom squad of this team as they were able to jump on the Yankees early yesterday as you've got Alex Bregman starting to fire on all cylinders. Only hitting at 233, but at 351 on base. He winds going deep yesterday. Jose Altuve still has a double-digit amount of bombs. 350 on base from Michael Brantley sitting at 3 and then Jordan Alvarez. How about him going into yesterday? 21 home runs, north of 50 RBI. 
400 on base. Kyle Tucker has been able to give you a double-digit amount of homers. He, Mauricio Dubon, hitting between a 252 and 260. Need to have guys like Yoli Gurriel, Elamendi Ciaz, Martin Maldonado, guys like this be able to pick it up, especially with Jerry Pena out of the full, but certainly has been good to watch for this team and for the New York Yankees. Aaron Judge and Anthony Rizzo, a combined 45 home runs going into yesterday with Judge hitting a 300 and then pass A. Jose Trevino has been able to hit right around 280, and you've got a lot of guys in general on this team getting on bases. He, the much maligned Aaron Hicks, you're able to throw in there John Carlos Santin, DJ Turn It Up, LeMahieu, Isaiah Kinner Falefa. I'll have right around a 320 to about a 350 on base. So you've got a lot of consistency there. Glaber Torres, he's been able to do a nice job going deep. He's been able to provide 13 home runs. John Carlos since coming off the injured list. Slow down a little bit in terms of the home runs, but still 14 home runs in his first 200 at-bats of the season. You'll certainly take that. I do think that the New York Yankees are going to continue their dominance. 51 wins going into what we wound up seeing on Thursday. And Luis Severino, he has been at his best at home. Justin Verlander, I do think he's going to start to give up more runs against better competition, but I still think that with these bullpens, it is going to keep this total under semi-total at a 7.3. So I'm looking at an under in this spot. And with the Yankees, was willing to lay up to a minus 127 with them. So going Yankees along with that under 963-964 on the banging board. The Boston Red Sox hit the red face off against the Cleveland Guardians as Cal Quantrill is going to be on the bump for the Guardians. And Nick Pavetta is going to be on the bump for Boston. Boston between a minus 108 and minus 115 favorite for the Guardians. It's saying we're between minus 105 and seeing as good as even money. 8.5 is your total. The over is any between minus 110 and minus 120. The under is any between even a minus 110. And with the Guardians, would have needed a plus price of at least a plus 114 to be able to take a shot there. So seeing a lot of minus 110-ish with the Boston Red Sox, I'm going to be willing to lay it with Nick Pavetta. Ever since he got to Boston, he's actually got a better road area than he does a home area. And the guy has been absolutely lighting it up since a little bit of a rough start to the season as his ERA between the months of May and June and it's hovering right in the pocket of about 206, 207, and his last 10 starts has been incredibly impressive to watch this as opponents in that time span are rating in the neighborhood about a buck 75. And overall this season, he's been able to do a okay job. He'll be able to drop the walks a little bit, still giving up right around 3.1 walks per nine innings, but it's been a little bit better. His strikeouts per nine rate, a little bit north of nine, has been able to keep the ball in the yard. Eight bombs give it up in 81 and two-thirds innings. And for Cal Quantrill, he has been giving up a few more walks than you'd like, but that's been dropping a little bit as well. Right around three walks per nine innings. As take a look at what he's been able to do in his last four starts. A combined four walks. Surrendered very much a pitcher contact guy. He's only getting in the neighborhood about six strikeouts per nine innings. But for Quantrill, has always been able to do a solid job in Cleveland. 3-16. Omi already giving up four home runs at 37 innings as far as the season with opponents saying just a 2-11 off of him. And the Guardians do back him up with a very good bullpen. Emmanuel Classe has been just a lights-out closer for this team. Yaniel De Los Santos wanted getting used up the last few days, but you've been able to have Eli Morgan, Sam to just do a nice job of being able to back him up and then take a look at this Cleveland Guardian team. And they've got a lot of guys that are getting on for Jose Ramirez, who finds himself towards the top of the big leagues in terms of RBI, 62 RBI, 16 home runs. He's hitting a 300, but then on top of that, Andre Semenes is hitting a 300 for this team. Steven Kwan, Amid Rosario, Owen Miller, all these guys are hitting at least a 255. And really, aside from Miller, all these guys hitting at least a 275. So, and has been very helpful for the team. Oscar Gonzalez is hitting above 3 air. But with the Boston Red Sox, you've got your 
really now quadrant of mashers with Jaron Duran now coming up to the big leagues, being able to get on base for the CMS. You've got Duran, Rafael Devers, Xander Bogarts, J.D. Martinez, all hitting at least at 295 for the sponge. Christian Vasquez, when he's been out there, has been able to hit at 275 as well. Devers, really, he's been the main home run hitter for the team. 16 home runs. Need a little bit more out of Trevor Story, in my opinion. He does have the 11 home runs, but still only hitting right around 225. He's got a 293 on base over his last 30 days with just four home runs. It's been a little bit disappointing with him, but after a really rough start to the season, the Boston Red Sox bullpen, really since the beginning of the month of May, has been a top 10 bullpen out there in the big leagues. John Schreiber has been able to give you a sub-1 ERA. Matt Stram has been able to be utilized for big innings along Tanner Houck. Anton Robles is back in the fold. He's been able to post up a right around 4-7-ish ERA. I do think that he's going to be able to find it a little bit more Tyler Danish. He's had a little bit of a rough COVID in recent weeks as well. But Ryan Brazier, after a cataclysmically bad start to the season, he's been able to rate it a little bit as well. I like the way that Nick Pavetta has been able to pitch on the road in his last few seasons. Lower ERA on the road than at home. So I do think that the Red Sox should be able to get it done here. And this is a guardian team that they're averaging right around half home run per game when they are at home. So I do think that that is going to keep things a little bit more low scoring, but I think that we went a little bit too far down with a Guardian team that they lead the big leagues in terms of fewest strikeouts on a prep at basis with regards to their offense as well. So, somebody told at 8.6 looking over Animal and LA up to a minus 114 here with Boston. 965, 966 on the bank board. The Kansas City Royals play LC Oakland A's as Cole Irvin is going to be going for the A's and Zach Greinke on the bump for Kansas City. Kansas City is finding themselves between minus 128 and minus 137 favorites. Between plus 115 and plus 127 is your price on Oakland, with 9 being your total under minus 120 and the over is even. And when it comes to the A's, I was willing to take anything of a plus 120 or greater, and we have gotten there on them. With Zach Granke, this is going to be his first start of the month, and Zach Granke just is at an advanced age where he is not able to strike anyone out whatsoever. He is currently generating about 4.2 is strikeouts per nine innings. That's not necessarily too terrific. His home runs per nine rate has not necessarily been too bad, and he's not going to walk a soul fewer than two walks per nine innings, but you've got to wonder how he's going to come out in his first start in a little bit over a month. He has been able to do a much better job in Kansas City than on the road. 690 road ERA, more around a 249 home ERA, but even at home, opponents are going to get 284 off of him. That has to be a big, giant worry, and for Cole Irvin, very much a pitcher contact guy as well. Now, he has been always a little bit better at home than on the road, as he's got a 5 ERA on the road, buck 57 ERA at home, but does a very solid job not giving up a lot of free passes. He's been giving up right around 2.2 walks per 9 innings. Home runs per 9 rate, that's only 1, but that said, the 7 home runs that he's given up all on the road in 20 and 2 thirds innings, I do think that there's going to be a little bit of a positive boom for him coming forward, and for the Kansas City Royals, this is just not a team that does a good job of being able to hit many homers. Now, Bobby Wood Jr., he has all of a sudden been able to get on a little bit of a tear. He and Salvador Perez, both between 10 and 11 homers, and you take a look at Bobby Wood Jr. over the last 15 days, three home runs, he's hitting above a three iron that has been very beneficial for this Kansas City Royals team, and they need it because Carlos Santana, he's still hitting below the Mendoza line of 200. You've had Andrew Benatendi do a nice job getting on base for you. He's hitting right in the neighborhood about a 295. You've got Michael A. Taylor, Hunter Dozier, in between about a 260 to a 270, and then Past that, you've had MJ Melendez, Kyle Isabel, Whit Merrifield, Nicky Lopez, all these guys in right between about a 217 to a 235. 
Flip side for the Oakland A's, it has just been a cataclysmically bad lineup in general. You don't have a single guy that has seen at least 30 at-bats that is currently giving you a batting average above a 245. That would be Ramon Laureano, Christian Bethencourt. They're still hovering in that neighborhood. You've had Sean Murphy, Seth Brown both be able to give you between 8 and 9 home runs. And right now your leaders in that category. This is a team that they really don't draw walks. They get even worse when they wind up going on the road in terms of just their consistency on offense in general. So I do think that it's going to be a little bit rough for the Oakland A's to be able to generate some runs. But if there is a way to be able to generate runs, it's being able to take advantage of Zach Granke, who's just coming off the injury list. I did wind up setting my total at an 8, so I'm going to be taking a look at an under in this spot. And with Oakland, because I do think that you're going to have Cole Irvin give you a relatively solid start. I was willing to take anything of a plus 120 or greater. So looking at the A's and looking at the under in this spot, 967, 968 on the bank board. The Chicago White Sox are going to be playing us the Baltimore Orioles as Kyle Bradish is going to be on the bump for the Orioles. And Michael Kopech is going to be on the bump for the White Sox. The White Sox are finding themselves between minus 155 and minus 172 favorites. Meanwhile, anywhere between plus 145 and plus 157 is your price on Baltimore. A and F is your total, seeing a straight nine out there as well on the nine. Under is minus 120. The over is even on the A and F. Over is any between minus 110 and minus 120. The under is any between even minus 110. And when it comes to Michael Kopech, he has been flat out dealing this year. I set him as closer to a $2 favorite if you're looking at the run line in this spot. Finding it any between about a plus 112 to a plus 120 on the Chicago White Sox. I was willing to lay up to a minus 110 with the White Sox. So I'm going to look to reduce the juice. I'm going to take the White Sox on the run line now. The one risk that you wind up running with Michael Kopech is that because he does wind up giving up quite a few walks, it does wind up knocking him out of games a little bit earlier. And with Liam Hendricks currently on the injured list, it has not been a very trustworthy Chicago White Sox bullpen as guys like Jose Ruiz have not been too good. They've been utilizing Davis Martin out of the bullpen, and I have no idea why because he's a little bit more of a starter. Tanner Banks has had to come in and hold down the 40. He's got right around 370 ERA, but other than Kettle Graveman, it's not been too terrific. But you do take a look at Kopech has given up just four home runs in 56 and two-thirds innings. The walks per nine rate, that is in the neighborhood about 3.7 to 3.8. But buck 50-70 ERA at home in six starts, he has allowed five earned runs. Opponents are going to 086 off of him at home, buck 58 overall. Now, I do think that that's going to wind up going up a little bit, but certainly outduels Kyle Braid issues. Rocking a 730 ADRA right now. He's been giving up a little bit over 2.1 home runs per nine innings. His walks per nine rate is 3.5. His strikeouts per nine is nine, which is relatively solid. But for Mr. Bradish, he has given up at least five runs in now three out of his last five starts. And the walks continue to manifest themselves. Nine walks over the course of his last four starts. He's got an ERA on the road of a nine. Small sample size, three starts, but opponents overall are hitting a 339 off of them. And for the Chicago White Sox, lo and behold, the offense is starting to get going. They have scored at least four runs and now nine out of their last 12 games. Jose Abreu, over the last three days, he's sitting above a 310. He has really been able to pick it up. You've got Luis Robert, who is dealing with a little bit of an injury. So you want to be noting that he was not in the starting lineup yesterday. So that winds up hurting this team a little bit as you wind up having the team become a little bit of a mash unit against the Toronto Blue Jays in that Wednesday game as he wound up having like three different guys. Daniel Mendick along with Adam Engel also wind up leaving that game, but even with that a little bit of diminishment, he's 
still have Andrew Vaughn hitting right around 333. Tim Anderson, he's hitting a 360. Jake Berger, he's been able to do a solid job of reaching the ace. He's hitting a home run every about 19 or so at bats. AJ Pollock has hit over a 300 over the last 30 days. And then for Baltimore, you do have guys that are able to get on for you. Trey Boom Boom Mancini, Austin Hayes, you're able to throw in the Ryan Mountcastle. Only between about a 270 to a 285. Mountcastle, Anthony Santander, and Hayes entered into. Thursday with between 10 and 13 home runs. Cedric Mullins, 15 stolen bases, and Ore Mateo with 17. They're able to keep things moving with the Seaman. The one thing that you love about the Baltimore Orioles, this bullpen has been lights out. All season long, they've been a top 7 bullpen in terms of ERA, and you've really got 5 relievers that are posting up a sub 2 ERA. CNL Perez, Dylan Tate, you're able to throw on their Felix Batista, Nick Vespi, Ore Lopez. These guys have been able to do a very solid job for this team. You've been dealing with a couple of ailments with someone like Casino Perez, who has sort of been in and out of the fold the last few days, but by and large has been a very good bullpen for Baltimore. So I do think that that should be able to help them out, even though Kyle Bradish, I do think that he's going to get destroyed, which is why I did wind up saying that my total at an 8.2, but I think that Kopech going to be dealing, and I do think that an Orioles team that they rank in the bottom eight in the big leagues in terms of runs per game on the road, going to wind up having their struggles as well. So I'm looking at the under in this spot, and I'm going to take the plus price with the White Sox on the run line with Kopech and how good he's been. 969-970 on the bank board. Got the Seattle Mariners and the red face off against the LA Angels. Michael Lorenzen is going to be on the bump for the Halos and Chris Flexen is on the bump for Seattle. 9 is your total. Under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. The over is anywhere between even a minus 110 with the Angels. It is anywhere between minus 146 and minus 155 that you're laying with them. And then between plus 135 and plus 145 is your price on Seattle. Needed at least a plus 143 to be able to take a shot here on Seattle, but seeing a plus 145 come onto the board, that is exactly what I'm looking for here, and if I were to take a look at an Angels run line, I would need north of a plus 135 to be able to take a shot there, so that doesn't wind up lining up with Seattle. They were able to get themselves going against the Oakland A's a few days ago, just throughout the entirety of that series, including yesterday, where they wind up being able to play a pair of runs in the ninth inning without making any contact whatsoever, so that's a good confidence booster for a team that they needed it, because this is a Seattle Mariners team that they were shut out four times in their most recent homestand, even with scoring a combined 17 runs in the first two games of that series against the Oakland A's. It certainly still has been tough sledding for the Seattle Mariners team, as they have scored two runs or fewer, and now four out of their last six games, but with that said, they've scored at least now seven runs in three out of their last seven, so that winds up helping them out a little bit, but you got guys that are able to get on base for you, as Julio Rodriguez, J.P. Crawford, have been able to hit between about a 270 to 275, and then you've had a little bit of an unheralded guy in Taylor Trammell be able to give you 354 on base. Power numbers have not necessarily been there for this team, especially with Eugenio Suarez having a little bit of a rough go of it. He, Jesse Winker, Adam Frazier, Lewis Torrance, only between about a 215 to a 230, and Suarez has been the main home run hitter for this team. He's been able to go deep 13 times thus far this season, but Ty France, he's been able to give the team right around a 315 batting average. He broke up the no-hitter of Frank Montas yesterday for the Seattle Mariners. You do need a little bit of improvement when it comes to this bullpen as you've had a lot of guys not necessarily be too trustworthy. Diego Casillo getting used up yesterday honestly is a little bit of a good thing because Penn Murphy has been legitimately the team's best relief arm. He's been able to post up right around a two-ish ERA and then you take a look past that. Matthew Festa has looked better recently but still a 435 ERA. Good news is they've got Eric Swanson back to the fold. He's got a one ERA this season and Ken Giles he is back to be able to give this team a few innings. Then you take a look at the flip side for the LA Angels and it has just been a hot mess with this bullpen all season 
season long as Ryan Tapera, Rossiel Iglesias, along with Aaron Loop, at least a 375 ERA in your 7th through ninth inning. Guys, Jose Quijada has really turned into one of the more trustworthy guys along Jimmy Harrigan for the team. And then you take a look at the offense, and I mean, it is there with this team. Mike Trout, 21 home runs. He's been able to post up at 385 on base. Joy Otani had a massive series, including an 8-RBI game in the last series. He just needs a little bit of help around him as he, Jared Walsh, a combined 28 home runs, both hitting between about a 262-265 Taylor Ward. 11 home runs thus far this season, north of a four-arm base, but ever since he's come off the injury list, has been a little bit rough there. But that said, with Michael Lorenzo, he's not necessarily the highest swing and miss guy. Someone who's been able to give you right around six half to seven strikeouts per nine innings. His walks per nine rate is a little bit alarming for not being much of a swing and miss guy, right around three and a half walks per nine innings. But he has been significantly better at home than on the road. 252 home ERA, 614 road ERA. Opponents are just a buck 88 off of him in LA compared to a 268 on the road. But seeing the plus price that we've got with the Seattle Mariners, I'm going to be willing to take a shot here, even with Chris Flexen also not being too much a swing and miss guy. He's been able to give you right around seven strikeouts per nine innings. He himself needs to lower the walks a little bit. It's right around three per nine innings. And he's had some demonstrative home and road splits recently, but it's not too bad this season. 462 road ERA, 382 home ERA has been giving up five home runs in both environment. Relatively similar amount of innings as well. So I do take a look at this spot being able to get north of a plus 140. One take shot here on Seattle. I do think that both of these offenses might have a little bit of a tougher time than expected. I did wind up setting my total as a result at an 8.2, so I'm looking at the under, and I'm going to be taking a look at Seattle. Keep in mind, ball just doesn't wind up traveling out there in a lot of these West Coast ballparks when it comes to the nighttime as opposed to the daytime. 971-972 on the betting board. The Pittsburgh Pirates a third face off against the Tampa Bay Rays. Jeffrey Springs is going to be going for the Rays, and Mitch Thunderkeller is on the bump for Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is finding themselves between plus 165 and plus 177. Meanwhile, with the Rays, it's between minus 183 and minus 195. 7.5 is your total. Under is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. The over is anywhere between even and minus 105. So you can straight 7 with that over at minus 125. The under is at plus 105. When it comes to Springs and Company, Wanda Ming and the Rays, a minus 192 favorite. And if you take a look at the run line, you're finding it anywhere between a even money price. Seeing as size a plus 110, I was willing to lay a number of right around about a minus 110. So I'm going to be willing to take a shot on the Tampa Bay Rays run line now. With the Tampa Bay Rays, they haven't been able to get as much power recently this season as they've been able to in the past. But Isaac Paredes, four home runs in the team's last two games. That has been really a godsend for this team. And you've got a top of the lineup for the Tampa Bay Rays that's able to get on base. Now, you take a look at the bottom of the fold and guys like Taylor Walls, Josh Lowe, Paredes himself, Fidel Brujan. You've got all these guys sitting below a 200 aside from Paredes thanks to his hot go of it. And Manuel Margot being on the injured list does wind up hurting this team a little bit. But you've got G-Man Choi posting up right around 390 on base. Andy Diaz is in that fold as well. Randy Rosarena has been able to hit right in the pocket of about 250. Francisco Mejia, he's starting to pick it up a little bit as well. And then for the Pittsburgh Pirates, you got to love what O'Neill Cruz was able to do in his first series up at the big league level. As I believe that he wound up having in that series either 6 or 7 RBI. So... That is really going to be able to help this team out moving forward. And you do have a trio of guys, Brian Reynolds, Cabrian Ace, along with Michael Chavis, in between about a 255 to 265 with Reynolds hitting above a 300 over the last three days. And Reynolds has been able to go deep 12 times thus far this season. But you got some slugs in this lineup as well as Daniel Vogelback, Yu Chang, Michael Perez, Taylor Heineman. These guys hitting a 222 or lower. That is certainly hurting the Pittsburgh Pirates team a little bit. And for the Pittsburgh Pirates, it was all hands on deck 
with regards to the bullpen yesterday. You did wind up having to use up David Bernard, Will Crow, so that winds burning them. Heath Embry has not been too terrific for this team, so that is a little bit of an issue moving forward. You've actually had Tyler Beatty be a relatively solid long guy, and then you take a look at the starter in Mitch Keller. He actually wound up falling out of the rotation for a little bit. They had to reinsert him due to injuries, and he has been very good in his last five starts. Two runs or fewer given up in every one of them. He has been able to give you five plus innings in each out of his last four. He hasn't really been able to go north of six because he is someone that gives up a few more walks than what you'd like. You take a look at the walks per nine rate. That's hovering in the neighborhood of about three and a half to four-ish, but he has also been able to do a relatively representative job home and road. 506 road ERA, 446 home ERA, so you don't necessarily have two demonstrative of splits. You'd like to see the swing and miss be a little bit higher than right around seven punch outs per nine innings, and then you do take a look at what you're getting for the Tampa Bay Rays and Jeffrey Springs ever since he's been moved into the rotation. He's been posting up an ERA that's been barely above two last start against the Baltimore Orioles. Gave up four runs in four and two-thirds innings. Really the first start that he had where he gave up more than three runs. I do think that he's going to be able to bounce back very well. And he's been able to keep the ball in the yard. Right around .8 home runs per nine innings. His walks per nine rate, 2.2. Strikeouts per nine rate, a little bit above nine. And he's backed up by a bullpen. That includes Jason Adam with his sub-1 ERA. J.P. Fireisen being on the injured list hurt the seam a little bit. Colin Pooch has been able to give the seam some good innings. Sub-2 ERA, sub-3 ERA out of Brooks Braley along with Matt Weisler. So I do think that the race should be able to dominate this game. And I think that the Pirates can have a little bit of a tough time putting runs up on the board. But I think that we went a little bit too low with this total. Especially with Keller being a little bit all over the place. And this Pirates bullpen being a bit tax themselves. Semi-total a little bit north of 8, so looking at the 7.5 over and we'll take the race on the run line. 9.73, 9.74 on the bang board. The Washington Nationals hit the road face off against the Texas Rangers. Dane Dunning is going to look to get her Dunning for Texas, and Paulo Espino is going to be on the bump for the Nationals. The Nationals between a plus 140 and a plus 152 underdog, and the Rangers are between minus 150 and minus 162 total on this game, anywhere between 8.5 and, and 9. On the 9, the under is minus 120, the over is even on the 8.5, over is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 125, under is any between plus 105 and minus 110. And when it comes to the Texas Rangers, they wind up setting them as a little bit more of a sizable favorite. So you do take a look at the run line of the Texas Rangers. You'll find that any working about a plus 125 to a plus 130. I was going to lay a little bit of a number. So I'm going to be taking a look at the run line of Texas. And the big reason why I do like Texas so much in this spot is because you take a look at the home and road splits that you've got with Dane Dunning, and they are very demonstrative. He's got nearly two and a half points lower on his ERA at home rather than on the road. As a matter of fact, it's a full three. 302 home area, 603 road area. Now, he's actually given up more home runs at home than he has on the road as well, but he's just so much more comfortable pitching out there in Texas. His walks per nine rate goes way down overall this season. It's been right in that neighborhood of about 3.1, so nothing great, nothing terrible. He's giving up a right around a home run for nine innings as well, and then he goes up against someone in Paulo Espino who's been mostly used as a long guy this season. 35 and a third innings across 22 appearances in his two starts. He wanted to go and combine eight and two-thirds innings, gave up four runs, three of which were earned. Nothing great, nothing terrible. Command has been good with him. He's been giving up right around 2.2 walks per nine innings, and Owen Road, fairly equal. 240 road area, 221 home area, but take a look at when he wound up getting more starts last season as during the 2021 campaign he wound up making 19 starts. He really got lit up with regards to home runs, giving up right around 1.7-ish 
per nine innings. And this is the Texas Rangers bunch that all of a sudden they've been able to get Marcus Simeon going. He's got all seven of his home runs over the last five weeks. Now you do need he and Corey Seager to be able to pick it up. They're both hitting between about a 228 to a 235. Seager does have 15 home runs, but a man that has been able to pick it up, that'd be Adolis Garcia. Over the last 30 days, hitting at 315 and has been able to go deep in that time span seven times. So he's been able to do a nice job for the team. Cole Calhoun has been a little bit touch and go. He, Jonah Heim, in between about a 238 and a 250. And then at the bottom of the fold, guys like Brad Miller, Andy Ibanez, Eli White. They do need to give you a little bit more flip side for the Washington Nationals. You've got a bunch that does a good job of being able to hit for average at Josh Bell, sitting right around 295. And then you've got a large flood of guys in Nelson Cruz, Keybetter Weez, both of the Hernandezes, and Yadiel and Cesar Hernandez and Mikel Franco, only between about a 250 to 270 with Nelson Cruz hitting a 300 over the last three days, but his power numbers are way down. And for the Nationals in general, other than Juan Soto, who's currently hitting a 214, by the way, one other guy has been able to give you at least seven home runs. That would be Josh Bell with 11. So that has been eluding the Nationals and a big reason why they've been leaving a bunch of men on base. And for the Washington Nationals, it's been one of the worst bullpens they're going to find out there in the big leagues. A lot of it is because the starters have not put them in a good position. Either Carl Edwards Jr., sub-3 ERA, but Kyle Finnegan has a 4 ERA. We've got Erasmo Ramirez along with Victor Rana when he's been out there. Andres Machado all posting up at least a 440 ERA. So I do think that that's something that's going to nip him in the butt, especially with the Texas Rangers having Brock Burke with his sub-2 ERA. Joe Barlow has been a little bit up and down recently, but Matt Moore has reinvented himself as a reliever. Sub-2-5 ERA. Dennis Santana has been able to give you a sub-2 ERA as well. So I do think that Texas should be the Rangers in this spot and should be able to dominate this game. I did wind up saying my total at a 9 in this spot. So seeing the 8.5s, I'm going to be taking a look at the 8.5 over and with the Texas Rangers was willing to take a pretty much even price or even lay a little bit of one on their run line, being able to get a plus price. We're going to be looking to reduce the juice, take the Rangers on the run line to go along with the 8.5 over. 975, 976 on the bank board, the Minnesota Twins. They're going to be playing against the Colorado Rockies. Odevon Marquez is going to be on the bump for the Rockies, and Dylan, don't call me Al Bundy, is on the bump for Minnesota. Minnesota finds themselves any between minus 147 and minus 160 favorites between plus 435 and plus 150 is your price on Colorado. 9.5 to 9 is your total on the 9. The overs minus 120. The unders even on the 9.5. Unders between minus 120 minus 125. The overs anywhere between even and plus 105 with the Rockies. I needed at least a plus 154 to be able to take a shot on them. So you're not quite there. Now it becomes a debate of money line or run line with the Minnesota Twins. I was willing to take anything of a plus 125 or greater. Currently, I'm seeing a lot of plus 125 to plus 130. So I'm going to be willing to take a shot on this Minnesota Twins run line. You've had Dylan Bundy not necessarily be the world's most trustworthy guy. But with Herman Marquez, I recognize that Dan Zaborski, who wanted to join the podcast yesterday, says that he's doing for a little bit of positive progression. But... I need to see it to believe it out of Irma Marquez. He has given up at least three runs in all but two of his starts as far this season. And if you want to go back to his last 12, 11 out of his last 12, he has given up right around 1.7 to 1.8 home runs per nine innings. The command has not necessarily been too terrific for him either. He's given up in the pocket above three blocks per nine innings. Still gets a little bit of swing and miss. Eight strikeouts per nine innings, but 
534 road ERA, 670 home ERA. So it's a little bit better on the road. And out of the 14 home runs that he surrendered, just two have come on the road. That said, he's also backed up by a bullpen that's in the bottom three in the big leagues in terms of ERA. And it's a Colorado Rockies bullpen that they actually have a lot of guys that they wind up getting worse on the road. Someone like a Lucas Gilbreth, his ERA on the road this year is eight. Robert Stevenson is a 675. Justin Lawrence has not been good on the road this season. That has been just really hurting this team in general. And then take a look at the Colorado Rockies. And as we know, this is a team that has pretty demonstrative home and road splits when it comes to hitting as well. A bunch that they wind up hitting right around 275 to a 280 at home. More like a 239 on the road, but the big thing for them is the power. 17 home runs and 31 games on the road at home. They get nearly a home run and a half per game. This is representative of C.J. Crone, who's been able to give you 17 home runs thus far this season. Just four on the road this season. Sitting at 230 on the road compared to well above a 300 at home. Brendan Rodgers has had every one of his six home runs wind up coming at home this season, and he's sitting just at 222 on the road. So got a lot of guys with those issues. And for the Minnesota Twins, got a lot of guys that are able to find a way on base for the team. Byron Buxton, he's been able to deliver 19 home runs thus far this season. Batting average is just a 228, and he is dealing a little bit of a knee injury. It sounds like he should be good to go for Friday. You do want to be monitoring his status, so and even if he is out of the fold, you still have plenty of guys they're able to find a way on as you've had Ode Polanco along with Max Kepler, Trevor Larnish only between about a 230 to 245 with Mr. Ode Polanco. He's still dealing with a little bit of an ailment. It's probably going to be a case in which he's going to be out for the entirety of the series, but Luis Arias, he has been with a 350 with a 425 on base. Carlos Correa is sitting in that fold of right around a 300 as well. Gary Sanchez is able to give you eight home runs. He has been having a little bit of a cold season himself, but that said, you've also got a Minnesota Twins bullpen that I'm not going to go out here and say that they've been terrific, especially Joe Smith posting up north of a 5 ERA over the last 30 days, but Emilio Pagan right around a 3-5-ish ERA. Yohan Duran has been able to come in. He's been able to hold down the fourth sub-3 ERA. Leads the league at 100-plus mile per hour fastballs. Jarrell Cotton, he's been able to give you a 2-ish ERA as well, and with the Rockies having their struggles on the road, I do think that it is a case which the Minnesota Twins should be able to get to them and should be able to rock them hard. I do think that there's going to be a little bit of positive progression here when it comes to Irma Marquez and with regards to Dylan, don't call me Al Bundy. 517 ERA, give it up right around 1.8 home runs per nine innings, but I do think that he's going to be a little bit more equipped to pitch in Minnesota. Just four starts in Minnesota thus far this season, but 229 home ERA, 682 road ERA. I think that being in Minnesota, really going to be able to help him out in this spot. So, semi toilet at 9.3 at the 9.5 that I'm seeing. I would rather have that under rather than a 9 over personally, and we're mostly seeing 9.5s right now, so looking at a 9.5 under and with the Minnesota Twins looking to take them on the run line. 977, 978 on the bang board is the DK Nation pick as the Milwaukee Brewers play OC Toronto Blue Jays. Alec Manoa is going to be on the bump for the Jays and Adrian don't call him Doogie Owser is going to be on the bump for Milwaukee with the Blue Jays. You're going to be finding them in between minus 145 and minus 152 favorites. Meanwhile, with Milwaukee, you're going to be getting them between plus 125 and plus 142. 8.5 is your total over and under anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. DK Nation pick is going to be on the total under. I wound up setting it at a 7.4. I do recognize that Alec Manoa has been a little bit better throughout his career when he's been pitching in Toronto rather than on the road, but this guy's been nasty wherever he's been. 
8-2 record, 2 ERA. He's given up right around 0.6 home runs per 9 innings, 1.7 walks per 9. Strikeouts are down, 8 strikeouts per 9 innings, but he has been flat out magnificent. And this season, he's actually been better on the road. A buck 80 road ERA. Opponents are going to get 233 off of him on the road compared to a buck 85 at home, but. And this guy has been just out there performing like crazy. And for Adrian, don't call me Doogie Owser. You either get really good Adrian Owser or you get bad Adrian Owser. He has given up three plus runs in four out of his last five starts. But I do think that he's in for a little bit of a bounce back as he's pitched so much better at home than he has on the road. 550 road ERA, 294 home ERA. Four out of the six home runs that he's given up thus far this season have been at home. But overall, he has been giving up right around .8 home runs per nine innings. Not much of a swing and miss guy. Right around seven strikeouts per nine innings. Does need to work on the walks right around three and a half walks per nine innings except for the Milwaukee Brewers. They did wind up having to go to the bullpen and use up Josh Hader yesterday, but the only way that Hader winds up getting used up is if the team has a little bit of a lead and some of the ancillary pieces like a Brad Boxberger, probably going to be unavailable after the way that he wound up pitching yesterday, have been doing a relatively good job for this team. Hobie Milner, he's been able to give you a 2-10 ERA, so he's coming. He's been able to hold down the fort for this team. Brent Suter got off to a really rough start to the season, but take a look at Suter recently, and he's been able to round a little bit more into form as over the last three days, he's been posting up more around a 3-5-ish ERA the last 15 days, sub-2 ERA, so that is something that you'd like to see there, and with the Toronto Blue Jays, the one roll that I say you've got with this team is at the bullpen not necessarily too good. Jordan Romano wound up blowing that save against the Chicago White Sox a couple days ago, but you do have a guy in Adam Simber who's been able to do a relatively solid job. Last few outings, not necessarily so terrific, giving up a combined six runs over the course of his last two and a third innings prior to that. Had right around a 250 ERA. David Phelps, Tim Mesa, both of these guys have a sub-3 ERA and for the Blue Jays, this has been a team that has been able to do a good job of being able to put back to ball. They have been able to score at least four runs in 16 out of their last 19 games. Alejandro Kirk has been able to hit above a 300 for this bunch. Boba Shett, Vlad Guerrero Jr., George Springer, all these guys in between a 262 and 265. Guerrero has been able to give you 17 home runs. Springer and Bichette have been able to combine for 24 of them. And then you do have Lourdes Guerrero hitting right around 280 for the team. But with the Milwaukee Brewers, I do recognize that they were able to bust out for a combined 10 runs in the last two games of their series against the St. Louis Cardinals. But prior to that, it scored a combined four runs in the first two games of that series. And with the Brewers, whenever they don't face off against the Cincinnati Reds, typically winds up being a little bit rough for this offense. You do have Willie Adamas giving you 15 home runs, but he's hitting just a 2-11. And you take a look at Milwaukee Brewers players that are currently on the roster and have been able to give you at least 15 at-bats. You've got one guy hitting above a 252, and that'd be Victor Carantini. 94 at-bats. He's been able to hit approximately a 255. Got a lot of guys hitting sort of in that 240 to a 250 fold. Omar Nervias is just above that at 252, but Hunter Renfro, Andrew McCutcheon, Christian Yelich, Rowdy Tellez are all in that fold. Tellez and Hunter Renfro, a combined 24 home runs. Uh, these two gentlemen, but I do think that you're going to see Alec Manoa come out, give you a really good start. And I do think that Adrian Elser, with him being at home, we're going to see a little bit of a bounce back here. I needed at least a plus 140 to be able to take a shot on the Milwaukee Brewers, seeing the plus 142. That's pretty much a minimum I'd be willing to take, but I'm willing to take a plus 142 with the Brewers as an underdog in the spot and the DK Nation pick on the under semi total at a 7.4. And we wrap things up with 979, 980 on the bank. 
playing Bordeaux and the Diamondbacks. They're going to be playing on the Detroit Tigers. Ronnie Garcia is going to be going for the Tigers and Merrill Kelly on the bump for Arizona. Arizona is between a minus 150 and minus 165 favorite. Meanwhile, between plus 140 and plus 152, your price on Detroit, 8.5 is your total. Over is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. The under is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. And with Arizona, was willing to lay up to a minus 173 on the money line. Seeing them at a plus 120 to a plus 125 on the run line. This is a rare case in which I would rather lay a chalky money line with the Arizona Diamondbacks. And a lot of this is because the Detroit Tigers are just playing such low-scoring games. They're averaging 2.2 runs per game on the road, but they actually have the pitching to stay in this game and be able to make it a one-run game. Ronnie Garcia, I'm not going to say, has been going out there and laying the world on fire or anything like that. He is giving up right around 1.8 home runs per nine innings, but he's kept the command in line, giving up two walks per nine innings. He's able to give you 9.7 strikeouts per nine innings, and it's been better on the road. 386, road ERA, 547, home ERA. Overall, opponents are in the neighborhood about a 220 off of him, and he's backed up by a top seven bullpen out there in the big leagues. You've got a lot of guys that will be able to come in, do a very good job, will be able to hold down the fort for this team, as you've right now got Alex Lang posting up nearly a two-ish ERA. Michael Fulmer has really been able to give you some nice innings. William Peralta, he's also been rocking right around a 2-5-ish ERA. Actually, that sub-2-5-ish. Gregory Soto, he's been able to do a good job as the closer for this team, right around a 3 ERA of his own. And then, to take a look at the Arizona and I'm back saying, the bullpen of this team has honestly been too trustworthy. Joe Manatipoli has been absolutely amazing. 0-34 ERA this season. Then you throw in there Kyle Nelson, right around a buck 66 ERA, but then you wind up getting into the less than trustworthy guys. J.B. Wendell can Noyer Ramirez between a 4 and a 5 ERA. Mark Melanson closer to a 6 ERA. That is a little bit of an issue. And with the Arizona Diamondbacks, they average right around 1.5 home runs per game on the road. At home, this is more like a .9. Now, Christian Walker has been able to give you 19 home runs thus far this season. But overall for the Arizona Diamondbacks, been one of the worst teams at being able to get on base in all of baseball. They're hitting a 215 as a collective. And they've been dealing with a little bit of an issue with Ketel Marte being hurt. He's hitting right around 265 thus far this season. Buddy Kennedy had a grand slam on Father's Day in front of his head. He is currently dealing with a little bit of an ailment as well. Dart Varsho, he's been it right around 250. But when it comes to the Detroit Tigers, you really can't bank on this team being able to give you too many runs either. As right now, their leader in home runs has six. You've got a pair of those guys, Jonathan Scope and Ivy Bias. And both of these guys are hitting a 216 or lower. And who else is hitting a 216 or lower? Oh, how about Spencer Torkelson? You're able to throw in there Jonathan Scope, Eric Haas, Jameer Candelario, their young infielder, and Cody Clemens. It just has been a terrible offense for the Detroit Tigers team. And Merrill Kelly, throughout his career, he's been able to post up an ERA. That's about 1.5 points better at home rather than on the road thus far this season. 306 home ERA. 406 road ERA. He's given up just four home runs over the course of 78 innings. But his overall earning at 246 off of him. But I mean, being a pitcher contact guy against the Detroit Tigers, not necessarily the worst thing in the world. I do want a little bit of a bigger money line just because I don't know if I can trust in the Diamondbacks being able to win this game by multiple runs because I do think that this is going to be a lower scoring game. So my total is 7.8. So looking under and looking at Arizona on the money line. And that will wrap things up for the Friday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Vison Family Podcast. 
Big thanks to Curtis Rogers of 710 Seattle Sports and the Seattle Mariners pre- and post-game host. He joined me in the last segment. If you do like cheering from this fine podcast, baseball betting show, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, whatever you for this podcast, you've got one or two ways to be able to throw those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at June at underscore 81. Keep in mind, letter CM. Amy does not matter, so as per usual, please just send these into the timeline. The other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Find that five star review coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season, and that means I'm coming at you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.